Hi, I'm Billy Glosson, lead pastor of Coram Deo Church in Morganton, North Carolina, and you're listening to the Coram Deo Podcast, a place to engage with sermons, devotionals, prayer, and everything else we're doing at Coram Deo. Thanks for listening. And we are going to be in Psalm 73 today. So yesterday we were hiking and um, <clears throat> we kind of, we went and we did like a social distance a hike with mm-hmm. our friends, the Maticas, which was fun. And so Josh was like eight feet in front of me with backpacking with Thomas and we were chatting and we were just talking about kids and when we had, you know, done foster care and um, just that, this mentality um, of children who are kind of feel like are like just kind of the kings of self-sovereignty. And here's what I mean by that. Mm. I want my way. I want it now. I want it the way I want it. I think all of us in different ways struggle with that. We struggle with the realization that the world's not about us Mm. and that uh, God's plans for uh, me might involve something that I don't like or that, um, Things may not go the way I want them to go. Right. And that's really challenging. We typically want what we want. And then when we're faced with accusations that things aren't going well, that sometimes we kind of defend ourselves and say, no, but I'm right. I'm right. Well, I want to look at Psalm 73. I want to look at the psalmist and see how he kind of has this mentality at first, where he's frustrated and is kind of trying to live in his own little world, but then comes out of it and asks God for help. So let's let's read Psalm 73, and we'll talk about it a little bit. Truly God is good to Israel, for those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. They are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out through fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily, they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens, and their tongue struts through the earth. Therefore, his people turn back to them. And find no fault in them. And they say, How can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They increase in riches. All in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned therein. Truly, you set them in slippery places. You make them fall to ruin. How they are destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors, like a dream when one awakes. O Lord, when you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast toward you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterwards, you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail. But God is the strength of my heart 
and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far off from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. So David has this kind of uh, internal monologue happening here, um, where he is struggling because he keeps looking and seeing all these people prospering. And he's like, what about me? What about me? And then he finally goes into the sanctuary of God and realizes everybody else isn't prospering besides him. That they're struggling and dealing with challenges and woes just as he is. But the difference is their portion is empty and David's portion is the Lord. We tend to want more control. We tend to want more in our life. We tend to want kind of just everything to go the way we want it to go, things to happen the way that, that we think it should. Typically, we think we're wise enough or strong enough to handle our situations. We want people to follow our way and stay out of our way. But when we wish for these things, I think we forget who we are and who God is. And really, we forget what grace has given us in Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like this. We're either always mourning the fact that we are not getting our way or we're celebrating that grace welcomes us to a new and better way. So what about you this morning? Are you mourning that you don't have your way or are you celebrating the grace of God at work within you? It's like our affections should change. Yeah. You're talking about the Puritan quote yesterday? I am. That's really sticking with me. Yeah, so yesterday, if you guys didn't catch the sermon, we talked about the Puritans and how the Puritans gave this um, understanding that, that God gives us new affections. And he does this not by shaking, rattling us, making us feel terrible, but by actually filling our hearts mm-hmm. with more desire for him, more longing for him. And they talked about looking at the oak tree, and these oak trees would have dead leaves on them in the winter. And what took these dead leaves off was not a bunch of wind. It was not the bitter cold. It was the new growth in the springtime. It was the new growth that pushed out the old things that were clinging to them. Because it looks, it seems like in this psalm that, well, and it just reminds me how often my affections are for myself. When did it say, like, pride is their necklace? Mm-hmm. I think for all of us, there's probably a mixture of mourning and celebrating, right? Because none of us are getting our way right now. Um, I get home yesterday, and I'm tired, and I open up Facebook, and I see pictures of people in caps and gowns, and they're at home. And it's hard. I think there is this simplicity of, Sometimes there we don't get what we want in big, profound ways. And sometimes we don't get what we want in little, small, insignificant ways. But nonetheless, they're big to us. So what is it going to be for us today? Will we give way to the frustration that we're not getting our own way? Or we celebrate the grace that has included you and I in the most wonderful plan that's ever been conceived? Mm. Will we, like the psalmist, say, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, 
but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Mm-hmm. My invitation to you is the same invitation that's always there. The welcome and the grace and the mercy of God. God longs to be our portion, our hope, our joy. That even when things feel chaotic, He is good and gracious and glorious. Songs help me a lot. Um, and I think just like in life, we have a wide kind of barometer. or I don't know what the word is. So we have a ra- wide range of emotions where we kind of feel different things. I like heavier music sometimes because I think it communicates an emotion that mm-hmm. your typical CCM does not. And uh, there's a song by a band called Life in Your Way. If you look them up, they will yell. So just so you know. But you could look up the lyrics. You could. You could. just fine. You could. But they have a song. And um, I believe it's called Kingdom Come. But I can't remember exactly the name of the song. But in the middle of the song, the bridge says, Experience will not dictate truth about you, God. You are only good and just to all. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Our experience, right, on a daily basis, sometimes causes us to be blind to the goodness of God. But the goodness of God stands tall for us on a hill called Calvary, where Christ poured out his blood for us so that we might taste newness of life. And friends, that newness of life is worth every momentary affliction and I know some of you are dealing with this in ways that I can't understand in ways that I don't want to try and say that I get it (coughs) what I would say to you is that God is near his grace is sufficient and that if we look to the scriptures we find in them comfort and friendship and we see others who have suffered and dealt with great tragedy And yet, what does God do? He gives them beauty for ashes, joy for mourning. Mm -hmm. There's grace, there is hope. So what will you choose this morning? Frustration or celebration? May we celebrate. May we rejoice. May we see that our God is faithful. He's the strength of our heart and our portion. Let's pray. God, you are so good to us. You've given us great hope. You've given us a measure of overwhelming joy. Lord, I pray that today we would see that we are recipients of that grace and that it would stir us and that it would cause us to celebrate and to rejoice. Forgive us, God, for the ways in which we often lose sight, that we grow weary, that we grow tired. God, may these things reveal to us that we need you. They reveal to us great dependency, that we must depend upon you for our strength, for our hope. It's not in muscling up enough strength in ourselves. It's not in finding a better way. It's in coming before you and saying that my flesh and my heart may fail, but you are my strength. You are my portion. May we desire nothing but you, Lord. We pray all this, laying this at your feet. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thanks again for listening to the Quorum Deo podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or our website, quorumdeonc.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram for a bigger picture inside the life of the church. Grace and peace be with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.